Sonnet 47 Betwixt mine eye and heart a league is took, and each doth good turns now unto the other. When that mine eye is famished for a look, or heart in love with sighs himself doth smother, with my love's picture then my eye doth feast. And to the painted banquet bids my heart, another time mine eye is my heart's guest, and in his heart and in his thoughts of love doth share a part. So either by thy picture or my love, thyself away are present still with me, for thou no farther than my thoughts canst move, and I am still with them, and they are with thee. Or if they sleep, thy picture in my sight awakes my heart to hearts and eyes delight. That's it. Oh. Are you nice. done talking? I'm no. done talking. <laughs> Y'all romanced now? <laughs> I have a, I have a shorter quote Let's about hear love. It. If we're talking about love and romance. War and Peace would be shorter than that. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> wow, I was just trying to bring a little class to this uh, uh, to this whole thing. Sorry, Jeff, continue. Well, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I can top that little zinger, but uh, <laughs> top that, top that. Uh, mine's from Arrested Development, where uh, <laughs> he says, "I don't know what this feeling in my heart is. It's like my heart is turning to stone." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and his brother says, Job, I think that's called love. He says, I know what an erection feels like, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my heart is getting hard. <laughs> my heart is getting hard, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, it's a funny one. Yeah, Mine yeah, was, I, I made the effort to actually do this when there's just like a, a black hole where my heart should be. You're a girl, okay. Therapy Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I know. I'm just a cynical cuss is what this uh but <clears throat> but anyway, mine was. The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. For Moulin Rouge. Ah, That's pretty right on. solid. Yeah, yeah, solid. See? Well, Good job, Leela. That's what positive those... reinforcement sounds like. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We wouldn't need to go into the subject of all things romance related without some armaments and some supplies so <laughs> i think it would be a good time to point out you know what everyone is taking with them since this is going to be a pretty hard journey i think <laughs> as Cause, just mentioned because today on the lock shock and barrel podcast we are talking about romance that's right and i will say this is the most difficult one i've ever researched yeah it's a. Uh... It's kind of all over the place. It's a little ubiquitous. It's also a little boring at times. I, well, I did um, this, you know, I, I started my research the way you do, which is Google. Mm -hmm, and, same. you know, like, best love movies, best romance films, and list over list of movies I either had not seen or hated to the depths of my soul. Mm, same, same. So yeah, it was I, a little bit difficult. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. We're drinking. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm drinking whiskey because that's what you take when you talk about um, love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what. That's what you're going the Tom Waits romance song. What, going the Tom kind, Waits. What kind of whiskey? Uh, bourbon. <laughs> I don't. It's not a brand you like. Specifically, made it I don't remember the shoe. brand. <laughs> I can't see it. It's on the shelf over there. Something Creek, so you know oh. it's good. Um, and a and a beer back for uh. You know, to taste. <laughs> nice, nice. What's the beer bag? 
two-hearted ale. Yes. Ah, Bell. There it is. Drinking with a theme. I like it. Leela, what about you? I am drinking Redemption Whiskey Revival. It is delicious. Nice. Man, y'all are y'all are hitting it hard. Yeah. <laughs> We're Okay, Ira, another thing. Mm-hmm. We're both married, okay? So, like, you're going to hear some shit. You know, when you talk about yeah. love to a married person, you're gonna we're gonna get real. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I, I mean, I, I assume we're gonna down our whiskey and just let you know. We're just gonna fucking railroad you. <laughs> Reality. Wow, that's. <laughs> okay, okay, no, no, I kind of, I kind of expected as much. Um, I'm just, I'm just drinking a stout. So nothing, nothing fancy. I don't, I, you know, I don't need to take that much of the edge off i guess <laughs> i didn't realize this was such a a touchy topic but um but of course it's gonna be i look forward to uh a lot of bitter observations in this well, i want to I mention that this was ira's theme yeah it was ira, ira so, pushed this i didn't he i mean it but then he kept suggesting it and when i mentioned it to our mother she said oh He's always just been a big softy like that. Oh. And she was and she seemed to think it was awesome that we were not doing a splatter fest show I mean, once. It yeah. isn't people with you chainsaws for washed, arms. You washed out mama's boy. You <laughs> <laughs> look, I can't help it if I'm uh just a big sweetheart. Um, I know. She was like, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. So I cried it up. I ain't ashamed to admit it. There's going to be blood in mine. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> Sorry, Mama. I, I was going to say, do you have any favorite love songs or breakup songs? Okay, okay, okay. Wait, see, he did. He texted us, and, and here's the thing I discovered about me. I don't like love movies. I love love songs. Ah, there it is. I, I, I will make playlist after playlist after mixtape after mix CD. Who's a big softy now? Well, but they're just, they're a little bit deeper, even in that three minute span than okay. a two hour long movie. That's so fair. I have, so a, my list is really long. <laughs> well, give, give us the highlights. Give us the, the hits. Yeah. If you're making a mixtape, like what's on your mixtape? All right. Man, this is, I feel like I'm getting side. Okay. Just go. It was in the text, man. I didn't read your. You never <laughs> read text. <laughs> really don't. A I lot can't. of sibling rivalry, and then Lila, you go, then I'll say some stuff, and then Jeff, you okay. go. Okay, well, I can't make this mixtape without the Ava Brothers. There um, you go. Which one? Uh, Swept Away, Laundry Room, mm-hmm. uh, January Wedding. I mean, there's tons of them. What's there's the also one? tons of really good breakup songs. Huh? We played one at our wedding, uh, my wife and I. Yes. It's a good Oh, one. really? We're Yeah, oh yeah, we were there. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> you had a really We're talking awesome, about love. You had a great wedding. It was very lovely. There were, I felt the love. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Ring on the Sill, Cowboy Junkies. At My Most Beautiful, R.E.M. Uh, Slide Away, Oasis. Just Like Heaven, The Cure. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Love Will Tear Us Apart. Oh, yeah. Lovers in a Dangerous Time, any version, I'm fine with. Uh, the Luckiest, Ben Folds Five. Oh, that's a good 
God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. Uh, Tears by Rush or Alice in Chains. I'll accept either version. Uh, and then the greatest long love song ever written, Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits. Nice. Yeah. That's a that's a good mixtape, isn't it? We should make a Spotify playlist to go along with this show. That's that's a good uh, Twitter pated uh, mixtape right there. What about I've Been Waiting by Matthew Sweet? I really thought that that would be on your list. <laughs> it could be on yours, There yeah. were too many Matthew Sweet songs to choose from. <laughs> that's that's Matthew Sweet uh, choice anxiety. Yeah. I also put Spit on a Stranger by Pavement because I always consider it kind of a weird love song. Okay. 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 <laughs> He's like, okay. Yeah. So, oh, and The Lighthouse by Nickel Creek. That's a good one. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah. No, I mean, there's just tons and tons of really good ones. There's tons of really bad ones. And as a recovering wedding photographer, I don't ever want to hear any Ed Sheeran song again. I don't ever want to hear You Are the Best Thing by Ray LaMontagne again. It's a fine <laughs> song. I don't ever want to hear it again. Uh, so, Ira, what you got? Uh, I don't have quite as many as that, um, but yeah, that's. I actually want to hear that playlist now. Uh, if you would, if you would throw that make, together at some point, and I, I even left off several because I felt like I was talking too much. So. No, it's great. Um, okay, I only have four, um, and I'm not sure. If, I've always liked "Let Love In" by Nick Cave. I don't know if it's necessarily a, a, like a love song, but um, then that got me thinking of "Sea of Love." Um, but one that I, that every Tom time Waits I hear, Tom, Tom Waits, yeah. 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 Um, and one song that just, it just gets me every time is Space Age Love Song by Flock of Seagulls. Um, uh, and a song that I love in a different kind of way, but entirely unironically is Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Jeff, any any contributions to this list? Uh, I mean, I'm gonna go with Joey by Concrete Blondes. Oh, I, mean, I had that one on here too. Yeah, that, I that figured, is a really good song. That's, I mean, I feel like that's a family go-to karaoke. Love I, song. I sang it the other night. I was I was actually queuing it up, playing doing karaoke when you texted me to do that one. So yeah, that's uh, After I thought that was all the crazy. previous three songs. That I did, which was really I think weird. I did two, just two, two. right? Well, one of them was Fancy by Reba McIntyre. Yes, that was. And that's crazy. a really random thing to pull out of the air. Yeah, like, it's because yeah, it's yeah. a great karaoke song to watch someone do, no matter it's what. A great song. <laughs> I was with two people who had never heard it. Yeah. And they were blown away. So that's yeah, the, do it. the Joey song. I guess I like that song because it's very much like a uh, bar type song where you're like in the pit of hell and you're like i made a mistake i want somebody back like yeah yeah it's just really captures and i have that. all this heroin yeah i don't know like that's always felt that way to me like i, little... I mean in the video he's nursing a drink that he never opens so i mean i always thought it was about alcoholism oh okay um, I mean, it could it could work with heroin, but yeah, it is this this whole song about love and standing by someone and regret. I mean, all these songs are like either the thing like that we thought about doesn't matter. Like that's important. <laughs> it, it's either a song about falling in love or a breakup song, and now I'm very sad. Like those are the two genres of music that exist. <laughs> well, especially with Concrete Blonde. Yes. Yeah. And vampires. Yeah. 
Uh, Actually, I uh, think my favorite Concrete Blonde love song is Ghost of a Texas Ladies Man. Uh, that's a great song. Uh, literally, that's what it's about. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even think of... Uh... No, I'm spacing on it. What's that Celine Dion song? Uh... <laughs> Not my heart will go on, but all coming back to me. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That's a fun karaoke song. I feel like if you just sang that part, it would have been like a meatloaf song. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, meatloaf is great. Meatloaf oh yeah. Yeah. That uh, strip bad out of hell. You know, that's a good. 10 minute fucking you can have a relationship that fizzles out in the middle of that song <laughs> yeah <laughs> so well the ultimate karaoke song is paradise by the dashboard light ultimate. if it's so ultimate will you karaoke it right now <laughs> it's too long okay yeah and i have to do both parts if neither of you know the other parts or i have to do all three parts because there's a radio announcer in there too um, it's just a great song. I, I do love a song with a spoken word part. Yeah, I, I hate every word. song with a spoken word part except that one. <laughs> I, I <usually laughs> or at least Spears. music videos that have a spoken word sequence. What's the Britney Spears one where, like, in the middle of the song, they stop and like some dude gives her the the stone from Titanic and they talk about it? It's like this doesn't have anything to do with this song. Yeah, that's toxic. It's it toxic. really seems like an like a you're pretty ballsy as an artist to have like a, I'm just going to interrupt the whole song and do a little skit here. We're, we're pretty uh, <laughs> off the beaten path here, so go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's it's oh, pretty yeah, ballsy yeah. for artists to do that with their music. Mm. Uh, but well, when ahead. love is a battlefield, there's that whole opening sequence where Dad's like, "You get out of here, you don't come back," you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good. And total, no. I think Total Eclipse of the Heart is so good. Like I don't give a shit. No, Total Eclipse of the Heart is great. But yeah, I, I think Love's a Battlefield takes us back nicely. Because yeah, I did want to talk about romance stories, but I also want to talk about what are the tropes that exist in romance stories. Um, all of them. All of them. But I especially want to talk about like the more like, there's just a lot, like there's a big emphasis on like, pain and unrequited love and heartbreak and it's like it's not real love if you aren't in pain or something like that seems to be a thing our culture has really um consumed uh and it's a story that like we keep telling i'm i'm not sure that it's a great message but you know oh no i think that i think it's terribly dangerous and malicious the way that we see things yeah are and you that's, saying, like, you're depressed because you listen to pop music? <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, like, romance stuff that I like and the occasional, like, romance movie or cartoon or something that will make me feel really emotional. But a lot of it is it, just is it the one about the, about the mouse with the screwdriver? Is that the uh, Gadget? Yes. <laughs> gadget Hack Wrench uh, <laughs> is my one true love, and I'll not have you besmirch that. Okay. Okay. Um, and I'll, back. I'll, so, I mean, and I wanted to start by pointing out something uh, from antiquity. So, did y'all know that Cupid has more than one type of arrow? What? No. 
<laughs> Sorry. Okay, so I really did. Cupid, yeah, yeah. Cupid apparently, according to the myths, uh, had uh, a golden arrow, like a quiver of golden arrows that whoever he shoots, it's the classic. They become infatuated with whatever they, whoever they see next. You know, it's like the love potion thing. But he also has one made of lead, and it does the opposite. Um, and there's a myth about, um, I think it's like Apollo is being a dick because Apollo is basically like the Homelander jock of Greek mythology. And Cupid's like, yeah, well, fuck you then. And shoots him with a golden arrow and then shoots the naiad Daphne with a leaden one. And Apollo is like obsessed with her and she is totally freaked out and runs away. And so it's this whole idea of like attraction and repulsion and... But ultimately, I think what I want to get at here is this underlying theme of pain in relationships <laughs> that we see that in every, almost every romance story. So I wanted to kick it off by ta- talking about star-crossed lovers. Y'all cool with that? Sure. Let's do cool. it. All right. I'll start this off with a quote. <clears throat> But Aquaman, you cannot marry a woman without guilt (laughs) from two different worlds. (laughs) Um, I'm glad that quote went over better than the sonnet. (laughs) Yeah, Um, you're playing to the plebeians now. Good job. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Back among my people. Okay. Uh, So star-crossed lovers. This is the Romeo and Juliet shit. This is the we're so crazy intoxicated in love but either honor but it cannot be but it cannot be and and it's either like it cannot be and it goes unrequited for both parties until they're old and decrepit styles or they go against convention and either they end up dead or a lot of other people end up dead so like romeo and juliet lancelot and guinevere uh jack twist and dennis delmar from brokeback mountain uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, Master Me Lu Bai, and uh, Yushi Lin. They were like super in love, but like, but because of honor, they couldn't be together, and they confessed their their love to one another as one is dying. That whole thing. Um, Tony and Maria from West Side Story. You know, yeah, Buffy. So they and... screw up everything. Yeah, yeah, it, exactly. There's this this big thing of like what i was going to lead into next was the red wedding uh from game of thrones (laughs) i mean jesus (laughs) you know because that could have been avoided had rob actually taken yeah had he married the one of the Frey daughters uh it wouldn't have gone down that way um we and we get it we get that it's like we're supposed to be sympathetic to true love and that whole deal um but that was a that was a pretty rough episode Jack and Rose from Titanic, uh, Anakin and Padme. I mean, it's funny that you mentioned the Red Wedding because it, I think, r- runs it runs harder toward the rationalist view of this as disruptive and ir- and uh, irresponsible because you are supposed to sort of see that basically Rob fucked everybody over by being selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think the other ones are more like uh, I, like I think like this this section of the, the story kind of gets like to something that's more out of like of outer sphere or universal or something like in terms of how people think of love because they think it really does smash down all these like different boundaries that basically the bullshit 
of like uh, that people have put up, such as you know gangs or family mm-hmm. honor or something like that, some sort of social societal construct. We're saying love conquers all. Like that's mm-hmm. the that's sort of the thing, and and so I think these these sort of stories definitely appeal to like younger people because younger people know that those societal things are bullshit. Like mm-hmm. uh, they can see them a little more <laughs> uh, transparently than I think the people who are entrenched in them. Like as you get older and you become a Capulet and you're you know eating turkey dinners everywhere all the time and you're like this could never change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then you're engrossed in that society but like they they function as like this thing that sort of equalizes the playing field in a way like yeah yeah i mean these the yeah and and romeo and julia just as an example of like um there are these two families that have had a blood feud for centuries or whatever and then these you know like of course you know two of their offspring fall in love um yeah, I mean, that does point out it how kinda, stupid it is to have a blood feud in the first place. But <laughs> like, it kind of gets to have it both ways, because it gets to act as, like, one of those 80 mo- 80s movies that punishes his teenagers for having sex. It's, like, one of those, like, it's kind of shamey, like, like, don't break the class system, like, is mm-hmm. the is the overall message you should get. They, these two kids did the wrong thing, now everybody's dead because of it. Don't do that, kids. But also, like, isn't it tragic that it has to be this way? <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, except it did sort of seem to set the stage for this whole, like, they were in love and now they're dead and isn't that hot. <laughs> like, uh... Well, that's because that's how our society chooses to view that story. That's true. Like, yeah. it's this great thing that was too powerful mm-hmm. to be denied. And... Yeah. But now they're dead. Um, I think yeah. also fitting of the story, like, really well is the little mermaid mm-hmm. i mean especially I mean, oh yeah totally specifically the disney version she puts her entire world at risk yeah um because her father in order to save her signs his life over to the witch yeah who is going all to absolutely trash everything mm-hmm. for this dude that she's never even talked to that's true so I think that one definitely fits in that category. Um, I think Dracula also does. Uh-huh. Uh, Bram Stoker's with um, Mina and Jonathan and that whole story. Because it is such a tragic story of of Dracula. Um, yeah, and, and you're, you're talking the 90, 94 Bram Stoker's Dracula. The Keanu version, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And in that, it was that what Dracula before he's a vampire uh he's out at war and then his wife thinks he's dead so so she takes her own life and then the church won't give her a proper burial yep and he's brokenhearted and goes all vampire something like that yeah yeah pretty much pretty much and the real tragedy is that he is keanu reeves so he can't properly uh he's not actually he's gary oldman Oldman. (laughs) the real tragedy is the friends we made along the way wait (laughs) yeah yeah, I, I think that's a good example. There's there's usually this this whole concept of a, yeah, love conquers all and love transcends things like death itself. Uh, and we'll talk about it a little later. But time, you know. Um, but uh, 
Yeah. I mean, I, they do I, in, in, like, Hamlet, too. I mean, like, it doesn't. It's like this, you know, mm -hmm. it's this whole... Um, sorry, totally interrupted you there. No, no, it's okay. I have a question. What's hmm. up? Edward Scissorhands a Starcross yes. lover. Yes, yes, Edward and Kim absolutely are Starcross lovers. Good, exactly. Yeah, that's I, I, I hadn't I, thought I of get that. Confused about like what's a tragic romance and what's is it synonymous basically? I think I mean they're people. Star. I think it just means that like they can't possibly be together. Ah, mm. uh, okay. Um, or or if they, I, I feel like, but if they do, there's a big cost, right? Right, the relationship thwarted by all these forces that mm -hmm. they don't have any control over. Have I mean, you... that's kind of what I like about Shape of Water. Maybe it's like except, that it kind of except they do end up together. I know that. I mean, it basically. But there was said... a cost, but it was a it was well worth paying it. So right. Shape of Water was actually on my list as a love story that I really do like. Mm -hmm. um, I just mean I... it sets up the same trope and then sort of turns it on its head right in order to like allow you to to get the satisfaction out of the appending of that trope like it kind of compares the trope a little bit to white supremacy <laughs> in it like mm -hmm. in that same... which is totally a, con a system that needs to be overthrown like in that way shape of water is like a good example of like yeah tear it down man <laughs> yeah just like this isn't always like uh this societal caste system or uh, structure doesn't have to be the thing that defines you or what you love. Have you, uh, have either of you read or heard of the graphic novel series Saga? No, I have not. Uh, it's really good. It's, it's definitely a star-crossed lover's tale, but it's like this wild sci-fi space opera fantasy where there's a, a planet and a moon and the inhabitants of both are basically engaged in a centuries-long war. And uh, then, inevitably, you know, two of them hook up, and they have a child. And then both sides are, like, basically make a secret pact to work together to hunt them down and kill them because it uh, hurts their war-promoting interests. And yeah, it's a story about, you know, they, they fall in love and have a kid, but there is a huge cost. There's like a lot of people die along the way. Um, it's really good and heartbreaking. Yeah. I think, I think it's interesting that like either they have to die or a lot of people have to die. That's an interesting mm -hmm. like, sort of way of splitting the story up because it, it's almost like saying social change doesn't happen without one of these two things <laughs> like the cost of great change is extreme violence it is kind like, of a dramatic <laughs> message <laughs> i mean well these I mean, are dramatic kind of, movies i yeah, mean they're dramatic but it's not without historical precedence like i mean mm -hmm. it's like the idea of like slavery ending without a civil war like it just wasn't gonna happen uh really <laughs> like so you know i think there's a lot of like historical precedence for things like that and then the story, the art just reflects those things, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, whether or not they're kind of culturally vestigial is another question. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the sort of area we're in now where we're like, they're going to die. We know this going in. <laughs> a friend pointed out to me recently uh, that a lot of our modern notions of this type of romance, this very tragic uh, in, tragedy sort of enveloping uh, our sense of romance and especially like unrequited love 
goes back to like medieval concepts of chivalry where like a knight would be assigned to a lady and like inevitably like the idea was that like he would be deeply in love with her but they couldn't like hook up so there's like this idea of like a lot of tension and like and and, like sadness and, and duty and honor tied into it um which is has really informed like western romance uh, concepts of romance which kind of moves me into my next topic uh, unless there's anything else you guys want to say about this no no we good have it all right let's uh keep moving down the tunnel of love here and we'll go right towards will they won't they it's a weird place for three siblings to be but it's a okay. it's, 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 it's really i didn't is. know what it was when we got it in really we thought it was gonna be like a spooky ride <laughs> like oh <is> like <laughs> oh crap we fast passed the wrong ride we're hiding yeah. in here from the zombies outside right all right <laughs> that's that's better we just uh, fast passed it because all the other fast passes were taken yeah. <laughs> we um, like last time i was at disney game. world and i got there late and the only fast pass left was for living with the land um i don't even know what that is yeah, it's at Epcot. It's like the hydroponic to- tomato uh, ride that Dad used to make us ride. <laughs> so it's basically like the Carousel of Progress. It's like well, but it's like a permaculture ride. Yeah. Like I think it's fascinating. Oh, like, I think it's something I'd be more interested in now. But right, uh, right, it's it, widely it regarded as a total shit sandwich of a ride. But I love it. But <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that's how we ended up in the Tunnel of Love. Is what I'm saying. Right. No, I I appreciate that explanation. <laughs> Don't drink the water. <laughs> Bart, be quiet. Lisa, drink the water. That's two Simpsons references tonight. I am um, young. Okay, and so will they, won't they? As with Starcross lovers, there's an emphasis on tension. You know, it's just the, the whole only reason like, the X Files lasted as long as it did. Only, exactly, like the X Files, uh, Sam and Diane from Cheers, uh, fucking Glow. Uh, Niles and Daphne from Frasier, Friends. Uh, Friends. Friends. Um, <laughs> Jean Luc Picard and Beverly Crusher. But see, they already had. I don't really Oh, had they? Oh, yeah. They were old lovers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they. we were waiting for them to re hook up. We needed oh, yeah. to. Yeah. We wanted to see it. Yeah. He, uh, she, he already invented the Picard maneuver on her. <laughs> <laughs> You mean where he uh, accelerates warp drive to make it look like there's an afterimage of himself? No, he accelerates warp drive so he can get fucking devil's three-way with himself on the crusher. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I have to work the kinks out of that one. What are we talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. No clue. Um, but yeah, I mean, this whole thing of just like whole shows and movies and this whole thing written about like and this is kind of what i was talking about before like the the long haul like and i think crouching tiger might have more of this of this like those two obviously are attracted to each other they totally should be together why is that not happening Mm -hmm. um and you're just mad about it like mal and anara from firefly it's it's interesting also though that it really is true that once they sort of hook up the show's kind of over it is. Like, I don't really care okay. anymore. As, as soon you, as Niles and Daphne made out, I was like, woo! Then I was like, I don't really, I don't really care anymore. Yeah, I'm telling so you, X-Files is the gold standard for this. Mm-hmm. It just is. You're you're on the money with that one. Yeah. I watched it for years. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. They they never did, right? They never. Oh yeah, they totally did. Yeah, they totally Except did. They, they would, had like, a kid forget about it, and then they had a kid, and then they like. But nobody cared by that. Trying to drag it out. You know? It's it. The, yeah, the thing is, as soon as it happens, uh, you you've lot, you don't desire it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that's... Are, well, it's kind of like you're like, okay, they hooked up. I can go to bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. done. The yeah, Irish matchmaker inside me is satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Seth Bullock and Alma Garrett and from Deadwood. Same thing. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Taming of the Shrew isn't that kind of exactly. Yeah. Is it ten, that one? Or... Ten things I hate about you. Or is, yeah. things, ado, yeah. or is it much ado about nothing? Which one has the like? That was Taming of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew. Owen and Helen from The Haunting of Bly Manor. I don't know if y'all saw that. Is it good? I liked it. I, I haven't seen it yet. I liked the yeah. other haunting one. I, I I don't know that I liked it quite as much. It's based on Turn of the Screw and The Innocents. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I I liked it, but there's definitely these two characters where you're like, just goddamn kiss each other. <laughs> I was so angry every time they were on screen together. Um, but yeah, that's just a thing that exists. We don't have to talk about it anymore. I mean, it's real. People it, experience that in their day to day lives all the time. There's it's, like it's frustrating because like... it's so familiar. Because we all yeah. know that, like, um, for the one pain. reason or another, this is you know. It's a it's a bad idea, or it's just like, or it's awkward, or whatever reason. Um, I think it's something we all have internalized so much we recognize it instantly, and it makes us mad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a crush fantasy. You want your crush to work out that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But, but then you realize you can't because you're a human, and she's an animated mouse who is who has. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling a little called out here. Um, I love you, man. I'm sorry. We call it uh, we call it Ira's cool world. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's a there's a okay. movie. I would okay, break you know the what? one no, rule me, of cool world. <laughs> I'm only going to admit something because I was talking to a friend the other day, and she admitted the same thing. And we wondered how many other people of our generation felt the same way about Gadget Hack Wrench. No. <laughs> Ira, this is getting about... there. I'm saying that I'm I'm coming up to this weird platform to meet you. Okay. Okay, I appreciate that. Why is Michelangelo just hot? <laughs> <The hell? laughs> uh, that's funny. My first girlfriend had a huge crush on Michelangelo. Right. Okay. That's so that's the thing. Like, like she admitted it because my friend has no shame, and that's mm-hmm. what people yeah. like about her. She like she was like, why would that be embarrassing? They totally set that character up to be that way. So, you were yeah. supposed to have a crush on him because he was cool, and for twelve-year-old girls, that was confusing. He's Corey Feldman, right? He, uh, no, that was Donatello. That was Donatello. God, no, 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 okay. Both of you, shut the fuck up for a second. Wow, <laughs> what whoa, I'm trying to okay. say is that he was cool, like Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman uh, was never cool. Oh, uh, whatever. He totally was cool. <laughs> As with the Frog Brothers. Okay, I guess he wasn't cool. <laughs> <laughs> My, I mean, yeah, I get it. Michelangelo seems like he could get you coke. You know, I I understand the appeal. Right, he's just super fun. He's a fun guy, you know. Yeah. I wonder if you asked women of that generation objectively who is the hottest turtle, they would all say Michelangelo, um, except for the ones who ended up with assholes who beat him up, and they would say Raphael. I I'm gonna take umbrage with that. Um, but Raphael in the cartoon. Raphael's like not that. an abuse. He saves 
uh, April O'Neil from the foot. He cares deeply for her, but, you know, he doesn't. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Are you basing this on the cartoon, Leela, or the movie? I was basing it on the cartoon, but... Uh-huh. That's what I thought. So I do think that the characters are a little different, right? Raphael's not kind of a dick in that. He's a dick in most versions. That's why he's I He's like cool, him. but rude. It's the whole song. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, he's, cool. he's cool, but rude. I'm definitely not abusive. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I... saying more, more than, like, Donatello would ever be. Yeah. Uh, Donatello uh, was an incel, and we all knew it. All anyway, I'm really saying is that my friend and I had... <laughs> no further questions. You Go could ahead. consider to be an overly in-depth conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Who, wait, and... which turtle do you crush on? Michelangelo. She just said this whole thing. Oh, you said, you said Michelangelo. We oh, both agree yeah, on that's it. Thing. Yeah. No, we're well, like, that's weird duh. and you're weird for saying. <laughs> no, we're like, duh. Everybody like Michelangelo. Because he's a party guy. Michelangelo Everybody... was the Jordan Knight of the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Okay. 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 I mean, wasn't Jordan the leader of the new kids? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, he was like, he was the hot one. Like, I, I guess Donnie was the leader. So I guess that would be was the he was more the Raphael. It's weird they're all drawn the same. <laughs> I didn't I didn't prepare for this part of the show. Yeah, well, you're in it now. Neither did Jeff. Know. Jeff, what's your cartoon crush? Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. Mm-hmm. So, pick a pick a pick a pick a good one, Jeff. Yeah. I don't have one. I can't think of a single cartoon yeah, character. You do. Because you, don't I can't, be ashamed. I can't think of one because I guess maybe yeah, but, they, yeah, I, I, okay, okay, enough okay, time okay, on the okay. internet. I'm gonna go with Daisy Duck because uh, whenever okay. she kisses Donald and puts all the lips dicks on his eyes, you know the little kiss marks. Mm-hmm. I just I thought that was pretty pretty hot. I <laughs> okay, actually, I could bring this back around to what we're talking about because the same friend who was here the other night when we were supposed to record, but somebody had to eat dinner with his wife for two hours. Um, <laughs> You're yeah. seeing behind the scenes here, folks. This is how we actually are. <laughs> so, but but she had come over to drop her kid off, and then we were doing some circus stuff, and then I was like, hey, you want some wine? And she's like, sure. And we got to talking, and we were talking about this subject, this romance movie thing. She said, well, you know who the most romantic couple in cinematic history is? I was like, no, I don't. And she was like, yeah, you do. It's Robin Hood and Maid Marian, Fox Dude, t- yes. And I'm like, I, I had them on yeah. my list. So we got into this whole conversation about how furries are the scourge and it's Disney's fault. Because there was no <laughs> suaver, hotter fox than Robin Hood. Right. And they, I mean, they I do had feel like that's chemistry. Yeah. yeah, they had chemistry. That it was hot. Like, yeah. We can all just admit it, you know. When they looked at each other, you knew they were going to do it later. That's yeah. what you mean. That, that's that's, what that whole that's a, and love goes on ways you're trying to break that down. <laughs> You, yeah, you know the song I'm talking about. Oh, like, yeah. And I, and I hated, I personally, like, hated, like, love sequences in movies, but that was the one I always actually kind of liked. Um, yeah, it's sweet. It's really sweet. And foxes yeah. are elegant. They are. They're... Yeah. Because <laughs> they're, 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 like, classy and beautiful and sleek. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get yeah, I mean, I get sleek. it. I don't... That's what it is. They're sleek. They're way fucking sleeker than turtles. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you have a problem. <laughs> I was going to say, saying as somebody, I was like a herpetology like major for a while, and I'm here to say, and turtles are really not that sexy. But uh, and they were teenagers too. It's even in the song. <laughs> yeah, in the whole name. <laughs> yeah, but we don't need to dwell on that. No. 
Well, well, she was a teenager when she was watching the show. Okay, that's that's fine then. I guess. I was. Yeah, no. Um... <laughs> <laughs> How do I don't watch it anymore? Uh, okay, uh, wait, I can do this. Yeah, wild, fantastical romances, you know, be they animated or whatever, um, fantastical and strange. Um, but what, how do you guys feel about uh, romance as it appears in science fiction? Because I'm just going to go on the record here and say that Terminator is the actual greatest love story ever told. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like I came really across time for you, Sarah. Hot. Mm-hmm. You know? Live with me she if you is want his, to come. She is his. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. She, she is, is his what? His, she is his only objective his entire life. Mm-hmm. Okay. I agree with that, except that also it is such a dude fantasy movie. They like, <laughs> I'm in a fucking trench coat. I'm butt ass naked. Look, you you got to believe me and we're going to do it. And I'm from the future. Just spread your legs. <laughs> like, like what? It's Terminators a, don't feel pain. I do. Yeah, see, the thing, Jeff, that you're underestimating is peak 80s Michael Bine. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That, that is, he was that, that role is in that. Like, he's this quiet, tough dude. Same, mm-hmm. and But he respected her, and he respected Ripley when he was Hicks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, he just had that role dialed in. Yeah. Yeah, so, this is, yeah, this so is I agree. true. And, and if you read it almost as, like... Man, that is so um, crazy to think that if they'd cast that any differently, it could be such a creepy failure. I, yeah. I feel the same way about Bill Murray as Vankman because Vankman's a horrible person. He's a horrible person. <laughs> He's a horrible yeah. person, but Bill Murray's great. So it's like, it's yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it's it, it's passable. Um, he gets away with it. He, he gets away with it because he gets away with it. Is what it is. Yeah. Gets away with. He's still you. awful. You you could yeah. almost read Terminator as like there's the big buff jock dude who's like predatorily moving in. Uh, towards this young woman, and then there's like the dude who's like standing up, gunning down the. He's giving back robes. He's cooking dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's teaching her how to make bombs. You know. He's teaching her how to make bombs. I mean, yeah, they do. It, it is. It does have that problematic trope that also I think uh, crops up in Commando, where it's like, I'm going to abduct you to save your life, <laughs> like, or by and by the end of this abduction, you'll be in love with me. Uh, and I will have impregnated you. With... That's a pretty good point, though. Yeah. To bring me to, which is that is all love basically Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you an argument could be made that it is this wild delusion that we all throw ourselves into. I mean, sure, you know. Like this brings us to I... the Beauty and the Beast portion of our show. <laughs> yeah, see, exactly. Like, there's that thin line of like, um, at what point? Did you just straight up abduct this person? You know, <laughs> like, well, that, that brings me to one of my favorite romance movies, which is so problematic and horrible in every way. And I think that's actually the point: is it's so bummer. bad, is, is that it? it's Overboard? Oh yeah! Oh dude, yeah! <laughs> I adore <laughs> the movie Overboard. Yeah, but he kidnaps her. Yeah, straight and, up. And, and the whole horrible. the whole thing is justified because she was a bitch. On she's the boat. a bitch. Like yeah. that's literally the only ends like, justify the means because was, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn they're still married, they're well, still and, married. And they have such great on-screen chemistry. Mm-hmm. They 
I, the movie is delightful when it should not be. Have you seen yeah. their kid? He's like no. our age. He's in that Black Mirror episode where he. Plays oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I've seen that kid. And he, when you look at him, you're like, oh fuck, he is literally Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell combined. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I thought you were talking about Kate Hudson, the the like the famous one, who's also uh, their kid. Ouch. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> hmm. Yep. Just a That's couple of beautiful people <laughs> making beautiful children beautiful makes me beautiful. sick. Yeah, when I was watching The Boys, and I was like, why do I like Huey so much? And I was like, oh, he's Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid's kid. Yeah. Really? He yeah. Looks like, yeah. And he looks oh just like God. both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he... Like he was always there. Yeah. yeah he... <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I love Overboard, even though I admit problematic but it is their it is their chemistry again it is their chemistry and it's so funny and it's so well written Mm -hmm. that uh and everybody in the whole movie is telling him it's a terrible idea like it's you know they don't say it's like human trafficking though nobody is like hey i'm gonna be real with you you're gonna go to jail for a rat like kidnapping someone (laughs) like like i hate hate to say it but i'm gonna have to test no longer friends (laughs) no there's this is just like this adorable thing she's gonna forgive you for it's Hollywood, but it also who, rips you into that. <laughs> who do you think he had better chemistry with, her or uh, uh, Kim Cattrall's Gracie Law from Big Trouble in Little China? Oh, fuck. I, okay, she's beautiful in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a really hard time saying that. I mean, he has better chemistry with Goldie Hawn, but I think Kim Cattrall and... Yeah, but uh, as they're hammed up characters, I really love them together in Big Trouble. Yeah, they get really <laughs> steamy with each other. Like, really steamy, but also... Yeah. They're they're both proportionally wacky to one another. Like they played it just right. Well, yeah. and, and when you talk about being proportional actors and chemistry, one of my very favorite love story movies is *Romancing the Stone*. Mm, yeah, that's we, a good point. Good point. Because uh, and up. it holds up. It's great because <laughs> Kathleen Turner is just completely wacky. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Douglas just plays his character so well. Um, and and it does like it does a little bit of the same like uh, Stockholm kidnappy. You got to come with me. Like and then there she's trapped in that love situation and therefore falls in love with them. Like there's a little bit of that, but also like the fact that she is like transcended the like her writer status has like I mean the movie's so wha- the plot's so wackadoo that the, the plot's that she- crazy. Yeah. The fact that she's like able to like because she's a famous writer, other people know oh, her. And famous a romance author. <laughs> right. You are talking about her? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Read your books. I read all but your I books. mean, but it like forces her on a more equal platform that mm-hmm. like like the, her power level matters in that movie. But also it's wacky, but I don't know. Yeah. I still love it. <laughs> yeah. It does have the opening of like uh look at <laughs> where their cat <laughs> Right. <laughs> It's great. I mean, the '80s really brought it with some great romance movies. Like, I mean, The Princess Bride. Come on, mm-hmm. come yeah. on. Except that really, sounds like someone loves romance movies. I love The Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah, it's yes, hard. It and you said you love Terminator. That's in the romance section. <laughs> Everyone would put Terminator in the romance section. <laughs> I would. <laughs> okay, if we were talking about '80s romance movies, I love. I love Bull Durham. Okay. I love. She's having a baby a lot. That's a good one. Um, I Classic love. Bacon. <laughs> yeah. It's weird that the sequel is called Prime She's Having bacon. a Baby That's a, a Lot. 
Uh, I love Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so See? that's really there it is. It. it all comes out. But those are all movies that have good writing. Like, yeah, no, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, no one's no one's asking you to like bad movies here. Um, Actually, I feel like our show always asks people to like bad movies. We <laughs> ask them to go out on a limb and give bad movies a shot. Yeah. Yeah. There's gold in them there, Hills. I'm just I'm just saying. Right. Um, so, I'm sorry, Ira. You you had like sort of the outline. What do you got next? What okay. Else? I mean, well, just as far as sci-fi romance, it's like this whole thing. You know, the the whole thing about Terminator is like, you know, uh, all came from Terminator. <laughs> yeah, he came across time for her. You know, it's like sorry, it's, it's beautiful. Like... Another time travel. Uh, you could call it a romance. <laughs> is Back to the Future. Um. I mean, you know, it, love is the major theme of that story. Um, it's the power of it. It's the power of it. You know, <laughs> one could say it's the 1.21 gigawatts uh, that powers the DeLorean. Someone else could say it was love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went back and watched the scene from Glow where Mark Maron was talking about his movie Mothers and Lovers. <laughs> <laughs> the guy he's hanging out with is like, I'm sorry, man, that movie just came out. It's called Back to the Future. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's basically like a long, drawn-out story of Oedipus, you know? Like, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the the whole thing about, the whole, like, point of the movie is he's like, he has to get his parents' romance back on track so that he can even exist. Um, I don't know. Do we have any thoughts about this? I didn't consider it as one. Like, I guess mainly because when I was a kid, it seemed more familial related than romance related. Mm, like yeah. more in the in the wheelhouse of like the decisions of his father. Like when his dad, you know, basically gets a spine or whatever, or, you know, fucks his mom better than in the future he gets a truck. <laughs> <laughs> that is a brilliant read of the movie. Which I was like. I can see how that, you know, would be applied to my life if I could time travel. Um, yeah, Maybe okay, I, I mean, be I'll just, doing I'll just... chores to get the, the Super Nintendo. It's Maybe funny to had. think that, like, until this moment in the show, I thought, I'll send this link to mom. This is one she can listen to. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, but okay. It's cause... weird that like, that's his reward. That's what the movie's <laughs> about, though. The movie is that's so... what happens. He gets a truck as his payout. Like, he, he could be happy with, with his parents just having a better marriage, but it, it was, here's a truck, kid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, well, we'll just, you know, the movie starts with Power of Love by Huey Lewis. Um, he goes and meets up with his girlfriend, who they obviously are hot for each other, and that's great. And then he has such raw sexual energy that when he accidentally goes back in time, uh, even his own mother uh, can't help but be smitten. And then he's got to, like, yeah, as, as you say, Jeff, help uh, George... Uh, seal the deal. Seal the deal. Take it to, the, to deal. the bone zone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but ultimately, <laughs> it is a movie. I think it's, like, he he sees a marriage that has, like, his parents have no romance in their adult lives. Yeah. And it is sad to see that. Um, and then when he goes back, he just is, he, he goes back, he shakes things up and, you know, he teaches everyone how to skateboard and, he teaches uh, 
black people how to play rock how to rock and roll in an <laughs> ontological paradox um which is pro really problematic <laughs> probably more problematic than the other stuff we were just talking about <laughs> it's somehow worse than the, the light motif of mom fucking <laughs> 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 yes, yes, that's how good this movie is. Yeah, um, it's amazing. <laughs> what? Are we got any more to say about Back to the Future? We're just moving on. No, I'm, this all has been a critique of you bringing it up. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's just go ahead and talk about um the Abyss. Yay! Another Michael Bond movie. Oh, another man, that Michael is a good pick. Yeah, it's a great pick because that one actually shows what happens. Every movie just ends at happily ever after, mm -hmm. and this one does not. Like we come in way after that. Way after this. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It actually for me, it was one of the first movies that I'd ever like was got even heard of the term divorce. I think I saw it that young. Yeah. Um, like, I was like, they can have... I was actually like, people can still interact with people after they got a divorce. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. that... That. I mean, I knew what a divorce was in theory, but I was like, I thought that you then never spoke to the person again, or what... Like, it was some sort of hard rule. Like, so, the idea of, like, people not being able to really escape a relationship, like, mm. uh, or something, was completely foreign to me. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. It's but. Yeah. No, it, it, I, I I did appreciate that it was a story starting not with like it's a meet cute of them on the rig. It's like uh oh no, we're going to have to work together again and they had they had like a really bad uh divorce and all that. Um I just okay, here's my cold read of it. Um We've talked about it maybe on the podcast. I can't remember, uh, but the the rig itself represents their marriage. They built it together. They work there together. All that stuff. It represents a marriage, but it's also breaking down. It has broken down in a lot of ways. Um, would y'all agree with that? It's taken on a lot of water. It's taken on a lot of water. A lot of damage, and it's like a home. A lot of it, people it's, hanging around. <laughs> it's it's their home. There's a lot of love there. There's history there, and uh, you know. And then the interlopers are like the military dudes, who you know like hate forcing its way in. Um, but then deeper underneath the rig itself is are the NTIs, and the NTIs, as far as I'm concerned, represent like pure love. Mm, yeah. And like when they go deeper together, like. Uh, you know, like the whole talking on the comlink thing, you know, as he dives down deeper, is like rediscovering their true like love and need for one another or whatever. Um, so yeah, and I I think and it's actually the their messages and of course you know it's it's their messages to one another, uh, that you know it holds that tension between like love and deliverance and like utter destruction yeah. so that's that's my that's my take on it i think that's a good a very good synopsis of it that's a yeah one i didn't hadn't actually considered but i think really holds up thank you leela i know you have something to say about the best i do i mean and i agree with everything you said 
uh, I mean, they watch each other die. Yeah, oh, they both get to. That's see a that. good yeah. point. They, I had yeah. thought of that. <laughs> they watch each other drown. Wow. Um, that's and hot. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go ahead. And that could handled differently feel really over dramatic, but it works so well in this film. Yeah, it does. Um, and basically, it's the power of that connection that they still have that, like, ultimately saves the world from nuclear annihilation or something. Mm -hmm. Like, um, yeah. yeah I, the, the aliens were like, we, we're gonna kill all y'all, but y'all are too cute together, so. <laughs> well, I, I don't think we, we knew that until the director's cut or something. I don't think right. that was an element uh, that I they actually, had on. Yeah, I do consider the theatrical one to be the the original story as it was intended. Right, I think so too. Um, but I, I haven't seen either in so long. I get them mixed up. But either way, um, yeah, that's a really good point about them both dying. I had not thought about that. Right, um, and how much it really like refocuses how they feel about each other and their history mm -hmm. to have to watch each other go through that. And also, like, the whole thing about when she is talking to him, like, you're not alone down there. I'm there with you. Like, it, it is really heartbreaking. Um, right. And, yeah. and a story like that that's so um, powerful, mm -hmm. I, it's funny that it gets lost in that movie as at the, at the core of that movie as a love story. Yeah. So much else going on, and Cameron's so good at sci-fi mm -hmm. and editing that you know you remember the guy with the rat and you remember the navy guys and you remember the aliens but that's not really the heart of it right. it's really wildcat story <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> i love wildcat he's a great character he was played by john c Riley. <laughs> basically it's really about beanie i know okay? it's about what it's about hippie and beanie Doesn't it's about it's all about hippie and beanie yeah I would watch a spinoff series about them. Oh man, I would too. <laughs> but yes, I could. Uh, we could have done this whole show about the abyss, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, could, and, we could. I we still can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, clear my schedule. Yeah, like I think it. Uh, what you say about watching each other die and the fact that they literally like he he descends into the abyss. There's this idea of like. Um, it, it does kind of take me back to that trope. I know we've talked about it on the show before, but of like descending to the underworld to rescue your love. Um, right. Yeah, I, it feels like that to me. I mean, I, kn I know the circumstances are different, but that's kind of such a through line. And the fact that like they literally, yeah, they, they both die like and are present for it and they both survive it. Um, ugh. Such a good movie. It's so good. So good. Need to watch it again. It's been a while. So, what was your other subject? Uh, well, a couple of other sci-fi romances to mention. Um, her? Did y'all see her? Yeah, I saw it. I have not seen it. I really liked her. I thought it was a good take on just like kind of how a relationship develops, what it feels like. You know, just like it's weird because she, you know it's one person doesn't even have a body; it's just a voice. You know, and it and it just kind of examines what is a relationship, what is it that we're really looking for, and all that. But 
I don't know that I have much to say about it, just that it is a sci-fi movie and it's a romance. Jeff, you have any thoughts off the top of your noggin? I don't think I do. I think it gets into that. Uh, it gets such into other realms of like what it means to be human, even mm-hmm. <laughs> that it kind of yeah goes a little bit off the rails for me. It is it, to me, it feels more like a uh, an analysis of like as humans, if we birth an AI, like mm-hmm. uh, um, how we could we could coexist or blend into it in some way, like we could mate with it to some extent but then the sort of like i don't know without giving too many spoilers away ultimately it's, would sort of leave not, us <laughs> it's not troubling the way ex machina is <laughs> we'll just say that right it's a it's a lighter lighter take that has more <laughs> of a like uh it, the more of the feeling of like when you date and know somebody who's really nice and great and then it doesn't work out but the, because they move on because they're way more intelligent than you are on an exponential level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's happened to us all. Uh, but uh, but speaking of breakups, the last one that I'll mention, well, I mean, I did want to mention safety not guaranteed, which, again, brings into this notion of time travel and regret and relationships. Just a good indie sci-fi movie. I enjoyed it. It's it's good. It's worth it. But the the real thing I wanted to close on this subject with was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, so when I said I took made three movies on my list, you already mentioned Crouching Tiger, and, and uh, Eternal Sunshine was the second one. And so, yeah, I think this is another ep- one you could devote a whole episode to. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that, uh, have you seen that one, Leela? No. Oh, good. It's so good, yeah. It's it's good. It's It hits your, right, hits your heart right in the balls, you know? Yeah, it hits your... I think, uh, yeah, even Mom watched it and was like, very much like this manages to tug on my heartstrings in a way that other movies haven't because I think it accepts from the get-go that love is a total mess. Like, mm-hmm. um, and it's like this, the kind of conclusion of it is like that it's a beautiful mess that you kind of have to experience and for yourself. And uh, like the the, uh, the tragic circle is that no matter what, you have to come back to it. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and- but it's not like, it's almost like I don't know, throws tragedy on its end because it's like so beautiful. So I don't know. Yeah. No, and, and I think especially with so many other movies that are fixed on this notion of like, it's going to work out. It all works out. It works out and it's great. Don't worry about it. Um, this is a movie that's like, what if it doesn't? And what, yeah. what does that mean about you? And what does that mean about the love itself? And like, but, but doing it with like, it all happens in dreams and, uh, memories and- memories and like yeah just a lot of like you can't really get a fix on what is happening whether it's a dream or a hope or a memory and well, it's- it shifts between the perspectives of romance and uh, romanticizing the whole situation and mm-hmm. then a hard rationalist reality that these are two people who just happen to be together like it like the perspective shifts within the movie mm-hmm. back and forth to that so many times that it really does force you to like look at it pragmatically uh, yeah. and romantically at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's so. uh, it's definitely one of my faves. Um, but nothing else to say on that. We'll just move on to the next topic. You know, you know, ready? Yeah. Good yeah. with that. Maybe. I think you will because it's villainous love. Nothing will stand in our way! Exclamation point. And 
There's a lot of this. Is this like villains in love? This is like villains in love. This is like Bonnie and Clyde. This is like, you mentioned Dracula, and I know Mina wasn't really a villain, but there's a lot of villainous intent and like the kind of like, I'll burn it all down to bring us back together kind of thing. So on this list, I've got uh, uh, The Mummy, Anksu Namun, and Imhotep. Um, and for years, I thought Imhotep was Billy Zane. He's not. He's someone else. Hellraiser, Frank and Julia. Uh, they're just shitty for each other. Um, <laughs> just just terrible people. Um, Richter and Laurie from Total Recall. Like, the two, the two villains who were married. Laurie was posing as Schwarzenegger's wife. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was the right, first. Yeah. It was the first instance I remember in a, watching a movie where I was like, "Oh, they're villains," but they like when she dies and he finds her, he's like heartbroken. Like yeah. obviously, it was like, "Oh, this is like range for a villain." It was the first time I'd ever seen that. Badlands, Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terrence Malick fic, flick. Mickey and Mallory Knox from Nat- Natural Born Killers. I don't know. I mean, and then there's like like Wild at Heart. I know they're not quite villains, but you know, like ev- like again, it's the thing of like us being in love will result in a lot of people getting gunned down and shit. Yeah, I think it really does like go kind of come from that Bonnie and Clyde thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lot yeah. of them kind of stuff. So like Zod and Ursa. Uh, I don't know that I know about. I feel like Ursa. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have a child in Phantom Zone. They're basically a representation of the prickish couple in uh, Christmas Vacation. Like, and <laughs> they totally are. They're, they're basically like you're like we were gonna oh, have sushi. them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're. Yeah, I think they. But they're. But the one thing that you know about them is that they're unstoppable killing machines that love each other. <laughs> mm. Oh, so like uh, in Die Hard Three. Yes. See, yeah. exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't remember either of those characters' names. Jeremy Irons and that that scary German lady. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this quite counts. This is kind of moving off the villainous track, but there's this whole thing of like cops and robbers in love. You consider like Dick Tracy and Breathless like Mahoney. Batman and Catwoman. Batman and Catwoman, exactly. Uh, H.I. McDunn and Edwina. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Hi. I mean, that's a great romance. Yeah. That's a good romance. Like they got that. more than they can handle. It's funny that he turned good and then she made him be bad again. Right, right. That's, that's, that's a very why good... it's funny. Yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> like, you're like, I just now got why it was good. Other than pointing out that it's a thing. Oh, uh, uh, again, this is a little off the, the cops and robbers thing, but it's kind of close. True Lies? Yet an, yet another James Cameron movie on our list. Or uh, The Americans. Have you seen that? It's a TV show where this uh, family is... They're Russian spies, but they have to pose as Americans. And mm-hmm. uh, it's very satisfying. They're the villains, but also, like, you're rooting for them, so... Cool. I'm into yeah. that. I, I think that's all I have to say about that. Um, I think what's the appeal of villainous love stories is it's kind of just like a jump shoot from the... Uh, I really do think it goes back to the Bonnie and Glide, like the idea of bank robbers, like just like completely thwarting society, and that you still have a family unit. Like their family unit mm-hmm. hasn't broken down because they're together. If anything, it it keeps it passionate or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
uh, no matter what, it'll always be a good story. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's why people really like romanticizing Bonnie and Clyde. Um, is because people you... like a, a love story supersedes villainous behavior. <laughs> Have you seen Dog Day Afternoon? Oh, yeah, yeah. It has kind of a like interesting twist of this guy who's like a complete fuck-up bank robber. Mm-hmm. Like, he's never robbed a bank before, but then it turns out that, and it's Al Pacino, and mm-hmm. then during a hostage negotiation, it's Chris Sarandon is, I think it's Chris Sarandon, is uh, the character his lover, that he's, right? yeah, his lover that he's trying to buy uh, a sexual reassignment surgery for, mm-hmm. like, and it, like, it's all this, like, weird, complicated, it, it's interesting because it is a pretty nuanced movie, like, it isn't extremely judgy, toward, like, a lot of those era of films is more like, you know, transphobic, homophobic. It yeah. doesn't really get into that. Like it doesn't, you know, it's shame just, it's just something that is happening. It's not, it's not ever played for any. Exactly. It's like, almost yeah. like a weird documentary or, or documentary. I think it is based on something that actually happened, but, uh, yeah, um, it's an interesting movie, but in terms of villainous love, the us against the world kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good point. And I didn't know what category to put this in, but like, you know, Dumb and Dumber, he is, <laughs> Lloyd is following his heart. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't know what category. I have no idea what to put this, He, you know, uh, I've wrote not villainous, but chaotic. Um, okay. I love that they don't hook up. Oh, me too. Is, I mean, it, it would be stupid if they hooked up. It would be awful. But as a kid, when I watched it, I was definitely bummed out that they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um... It's definitely like the archetypal fool's journey. It's just somebody who's like, I don't know, I'm just I'm just doing stuff. Here I go. It's the um, way overboard should have been, to, been treated. <laughs> <laughs> I the mean, yeah. where he yells die and shoots him to death <laughs> in his dream <laughs> sequence. <laughs> we, we watched that movie recently and my youngest child cackled the entire film. So. I'm so glad that she appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, weirdly, I would, like, I know it's not a romance, but it's a movie all about, like, unrequited love. And Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's all the, emo- it's just pointing out how movies have, you know, trained everyone <laughs> to think that it should happen for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another thing that, sorry, I can't not do this a little bit, but another thing that these movies have you thinking is that there are all these fantasy of, the guy's going to end up with the hottest girl, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this whole trope that I was trying to think of more examples of these movies that are considered great love movies, but really the protagonist male is the only male that the woman's ever met. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I, or, like, we all love the fifth element. We do. It's, yeah. it's true. But, right. But, yeah. She's basically a child. People lie. <laughs> right. She's basically he's a child what? And he's basically a child. Basically a child, and he is yeah. very much in actual life older than her. Yeah, and okay, that works. And it's it happens in a lot of movies, like Splash. You know, mm-hmm. like I mean, it, like yeah. Tom Hanks is just like sort of this bumbling everyman, mm-hmm. and yeah. and so that's what that movie is like reinforcing that like Runner, everyone yeah. is is. Blade Runner, yeah. Owed this, you know, beautiful mermaid. When really yeah. he didn't do shit. <laughs> it's 
it, you know. it reminds me of the Onion headline, real life man arrested for romantic comedy behavior. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, it's a trope that like, I, you know, when we think about romance movies, because I, I, I'm glad you brought this up because a lot of them are super fucking problematic for this. this and a lot of them in the 80s, especially. But like, yeah, um, just like, Say oh, anything? I guess I'm in like, love with if, you now. If anyone, when I were in high, when I was in high school, had done that Say Anything bullshit with the uh, um, boombox, mm-hmm. I would have called the cops. It's not yeah, okay. it's, it's creepy. It's, it's not okay. And you consider things like, fucking 16 candles or revenge of the nerds like there's some super goddamn problematic behavior yeah, oh yeah. In revenge of the nerds it, yeah yeah i don't even want to talk about it <laughs> yeah i mean that that's because like i i guess you know like we've like, i think tonight we've really been trying to focus on movies where it's like uh consensual and chaotic <laughs> like uh between two people who are like all about each other but but not like the I'll wear you like people who wear someone down like it's such a creepy upsetting so creepy yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I like that you mentioned the fifth element because I remember okay I remember seeing Romeo plus Juliet and whenever that came out ninety five something like that and I remember that was one of the first like romance movies where I was like oh I I can't wait till I'm old old enough to feel ways about stuff you know it was like one of the first <laughs> movies that I was like. I was like, I like this. I like this concept of romance. And then I saw Fifth Element, and I was like, I like this too. But looking back on it now, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Um, and a lot of stuff back then, I just would have been like, yes, that's what romance I mean, is. And I, I wouldn't have questioned it. Oh, well, there's, yeah, there's a lot of that. Like, like going back and watching some of these movies that I thought were great. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's really not that great. I think that gets to your other point of uh, cramming romance in. And I think, so, a lot of those that are problematic usually come because the story necessarily isn't that great anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Does uh, it, do you think it just makes the viewers feel better to know that sex happened eventually? (laughs) Yeah, I do. No, I actually do. And I I, I think that's one of the things that uh, I think... uh, well, Liv and I were talking about how, like, a lot of people complain in modern movies now when things are inclusive, but in a way that they feel is forced. They mm-hmm. react in this, like, angry, like, you know, why did this character have to be black or gay or whatever? You mm-hmm. know, they get upset about it. But really, I think the thing that it is breaking for them is that the only thing they liked was seeing themselves represented in, in a heteronormative scene. circumstance. Like, well, Oh, yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to, I guess, it represent them and make them gay at the same time. <laughs> but, uh, like, uh, mm-hmm. no, I just mean, like, they it's their fantasy. Yeah, heteronormative. Right. Yeah. Most of them are that way. And the stories aren't that great. And this is pop, you know, culture. And yeah. the reason inclusion is good is more for, like, normalizing things and less for, like, whether or not you think it, you know, fulfills your personal fantasy. Like... Uh, yeah, but it is interesting that like forcing, like having the same forced culture for so long, you know, satisfied the majority and having a fantastical outlet in pop culture. It kind of does like as you include more people and more diversity, I think the stories have to get better in order to keep people engaged on a larger level, like which is interesting, mm-hmm. too. But I don't know. What are your thoughts about that? No, I I think that's a 
I think that's a good point. I, I was thinking earlier about like, yeah, because most of I, I couldn't help but notice most all the movies that I've listed here tonight. You know, it's like they're they're all like with hetero couples. And I was like, what's a good example of like LGBTQ romance? And I have seen them, but I've also seen a lot of movies where it's like it, it can't help but fall into the quote unquote Starcross lovers narrative because there's still so much that is still so much of the story. Like, um, that's what Brokeback Mountain is. That's what Moonlight is, you know, and I'm not saying those movies aren't beautiful and valid and, and like important in their own ways, but they're also like they're not allowed to be lighthearted. They're not allowed to be lighthearted. Exactly. Like the only one I could think of was like the birdcage and that's not even the focus. Um, but I love them as a and couple. And it's played for laughs. And it, it's, it's played for laughs, but like but they're a great kind couple. of. Yeah, it, it they are a great couple, but yeah, it's it's one of those like right on the edge movies. Um, but yeah, well, I mean for the era though, oh, yeah, that's, that's a big step of like normal like humor is frequently used to yeah help normalize and to destigmatize. And yeah. and to yeah. be clear, I love the Birdcage, but you know, I just never realized John Wayne walked <laughs> John Wayne walked that way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean the only queer couple that I could think of that i was like oh yeah that was a solid arc was uh marceline and bubblegum from adventure time like that was a like a really good and believable long-form romance spoiler bitch <laughs> how have you not seen that by now i haven't seen it makes i have it makes sense but <laughs> i am sorry yeah and as far as like cramming it in it's a that's a good point because romance is just like God, they're just like every every horror movie, every action movie. I mean, Speed, they even make a joke about it. Relationships that start under intense circumstances never last. It's just a Hollywood thing to get the demographics of women in the theater. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. I mean, and it's, it's so common that I notice when it doesn't happen. I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it is interesting when one like is chooses to go a slightly different route. <laughs> Like uh, you mentioned, like we mentioned with like Rogue One, like they're, they're the leads of those care and those characters could have been for they could have forced a romantic interest, but they chose not to, and that made right. the whole story better. <laughs> right. I think I still think one of my favorite examples just of a, a common schlocky horror movie where it happens is in the movie Alligator. There's this giant alligator. It's been eating people, but then the cop on the case uh, hooks up with the lead herpetologist on the case, and I'm like is that a story you're going to tell your kids? <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay, so there was this giant alligator is eating people, but you know, the sparks were just there. We could both just feel it. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, that's yeah. weird. It's hard for me to think of the worst example of a romance that's been crammed in there. I think that would, <laughs> it's definitely out there though. I guess I mean, there's there, so many there's... of them. It's almost like a forest through the trees thing. Like it's in so many movies. Like yeah, I can't even bear down it. on an example. Like Lord of the Rings. I and I even love Nightmare Before Christmas. But Jack and Sally, like, did they have a lot of chemistry? Really? Yeah, I don't they know. Were just the only two they were just non, kind of around. Like disgusting characters. Non disgusting. About the same they, height. You know. Yeah. Yeah, they were tall. <laughs> about and, the same height. They were yeah. tall and thin and gothy looking. And they weren't oozing anything. So, yeah, obviously they're going to end up together. I think a, a, a movie that I enjoy this being subverted in was like Animal House. In the end, when it's telling what happened to everybody. And it's like the couple of the movie. It's like they finally like kiss and there's this swelling music. And it's like married, you know, this year, divorced four years later. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. 
So, does anybody want a game? Uh, this is a game called Shipping Out. Ooh. Are y'all familiar with ships? Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. We know, so I don't have we to explain. Know year olds or whatever. Yeah. Yes. On, on, I'm I learned going about to dive on... the USS Mohawk. I'm very excited. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I learned about it on the gram, on the TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> and there aren't that many. I won't subject you to. So, but here we go. Buff gel. Buffy and <laughs> damn it. Buff gel. You have half the name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the other. I can't remember the other. Buffy and Angel. Angel. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But um, see, okay. So. Okay. So you're just I thought giving shipping. Us... Yeah, I thought you were saying like two characters in a thing that are not in a relationship, but people want to see it in a relationship. Oh, I've seen it both ways. Okay. Okay. So that. Okay. Um. Then so this you're just will talking be... about an act. Uh, These like... are actual like couples from things. Okay. Oh. Or, gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Isn't that what it is? I thought it was. No, it's like... it's compass characters that people want to put together. Yeah. Oh well, you're, then... you're shipping them because <laughs> you're putting them. In like, a like Dean went. I didn't even know Castiel what it was, and I made a game around it. Yeah, like people want Dean and Castiel to get together. Who the hell are those people? From Supernatural. Oh right. Oh, no one's seen that. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> No, no one ever watched it, which is why it was on for 15 years. I don't know if I should subject you to this game, then. Is it good? No, well, okay, it's only... F I was building to one thing, you know, like, had some jokes in there, like, Skulder. Um, <laughs> Scully Mulder. <laughs> yeah. No, this is good, I like this. Okay, let's are, are, are we doing this? Okay. Yeah, it's what okay. we have, Ira. <laughs> it, much like a relationship, you gotta work with what <laughs> we you got. We gotta work with what we have. That's a very mature outlook, I appreciate right. that. Um, okay. Hickley. Oh. Ripley and Hicks. Damn. There you go. <laughs> Hickley. That's their liberal couple last These name. These are called portmanteaus, <laughs> by the way. Oh, yes, it is. Um, That's what I've been drinking. <laughs> no, you haven't. Uh, you've been drinking bathtub, Jen. Everybody knows it. Um, Cerise or Kyle Honor. <laughs> Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese. There you go. Cerise. Cerise. Uh, Lance Lancelot and Guinevere? Jeff said yeah. it first. I heard Leela first. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. Fuck me. Fuck me. Um, <laughs> hi, Weena. Oh, hi, Ed. Hi, Weena. Okay. Uh, Janaris. <laughs> Daenerys? John Aris. Oh, John and Daenerys. Daenerys. Oh, there, oh, you okay. go. there you go. Uh, <laughs> Malara. Malin and Ara. Yeah, uh, you got it. Oh, nice. Uh, Padakin or anime? <laughs> Padme Nabere <laughs> and Anakin Skywalker. You, you buried the lead, anime. It was so much better. <laughs> Should have just said anime and watched a squirm. <laughs> I know, I know. It was too too funny though. Drina <laughs> or Miracula. <laughs> Drizel and Dracula? What? I don't know. I don't know. Mina Harker and Dracula? Oh, yeah, thinking. yeah, there it is. Okay. That's what I was looking for. Clorthul. <laughs> like Vince Clortho. Mm hmm. <laughs> and 
and uh, Sigourney Weaver's character. You uh, gotta say that other name. There is no Dana, only... Yeah, right. There you go. Yeah. Oh, during the rectification of the Valdrana, the Traveler came as a large moving torb. <laughs> Lily, you get a point for that. How Yay. could you not have got that, and I got that, basically? I don't know. Uh, Budsy? Budsy? Budsy. It's the movie we talked about longest tonight. Oh, the Abyss, yes. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and the last one. Are you, are you ready? I don't think I've been ready this whole time. <laughs> Great. Dickless. <laughs> I'll say it again. Dickless. Dickless. Dude, uh, dude. Uh, maybe a full name would help. Dickless Trahoney. <laughs> oh, Francis is it? Is it? <laughs> I don't know. Dick Tracy and Is it Dick well. Tracy and <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always go with Tess Trueheart, and I was like, that doesn't fit. Yeah. Yeah, Tess Trueheart's who he's actually with. Right. That's what that was the actual shit. I with this. I know. I don't even know how this works. Um, yeah, Lila won. Many yeah. Shubs and Zools knew what it was like to be roasted in the depths of the floor that day, I could tell you. <laughs> I was trying to remember the other part. Of very, it. Very I was like, is, is it weird that, that I have it as what? <laughs> You were very nice to help that man. Uh, I think he's human. Yeah, is they it were weird good, that they that's... were a good couple. They were a good couple. Yeah, why didn't they hook up? Yeah, why did they make her hook up with? Ah, never mind. I mean, yeah, that was well. That was a deleted scene. Was that they had a romance, and then right. I guess they were but just like in the second one. Yeah, she hooks up with with Rick Moranis, which is fine, I guess. But fine, whatever. I don't know. I don't know that I have anything else to really say. Should we I mean, wrap it up like our George McFly of a father should have done before <laughs> he made this podcast? <laughs> Zing. <laughs> okay, well, give me your top three. Like, what are your top three romance movies? Like, ones okay. that you'll watch. Okay. okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. go. Shut up, Ira. I'm... Shut up. I said shut up. I'm good, no. <laughs> shut up. Shut right up. So, Crouching Tiger mm-hmm. is up there. I still love that one. Unrequited love. It's just a really good love story. Um, mm. And they really sell the, the you know, I wish I could be with you instead of dying of being poisoned eyes to each other. Mm. Um, Eternal Sunshine. Uh, yeah. I saw that when it came out in D.C. by myself. And it was a, rom- a very great memory. And then the last one is The Apartment. It's a Powell Pressburger film about this guy who lends his apartment out to sleazy guys who work in his company so they can sleep with their mistresses. And then, uh, I don't want to get into it, but basically there's, you know, humanity comes into it and, uh, he decides to stand up to his bosses and the system. And there's a, a good, uh, and not exactly love story, but sort of love story that happens. So more of a respect story. Okay. Have you seen it? Anybody seen it? (laughs) <laughs> no, I've never heard of it. I'm not. Oh, it's amazing. It's good. It's uh, Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. Oh, cool. Yep. Real funny. And heartwarming. Ira, what you got? Oh, geez. So it was uh, problematic for a couple of reasons, but I I did remember uh, being really moved by it. Um, Blue is the warmest color. Oh, I um, haven't seen it yet. I heard it was good. It's it's good. 
I, I think it's just a good take of like kind of an arc of a relationship that ups and downs and it's I don't know. It's, it's sell one that when it's terminal. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's it's French and it's just very passionate and I, I don't know. I I remember you know I had the feels. Um, yeah. Um, I remember liking uh, Only Lovers Left Alive. Um, I'm not quite sure if it would qualify as a romance because they've been a couple like the whole time but as far as a couple goes like a fictitious couple um uh, it was I, on my list i think it's I, it counts. yeah I, and i think it's it kind of falls in that they're not not the villainous love but they will kill to stay alive and yeah. uh you know and that being the the ending of the movie like leaving it on that kind of ambiguous uh ending i liked and you know i mentioned it before but alligator it's just a really sweet movie <laughs> um i just think yeah it uh, it just gets me every time uh, yeah oh, it's, it's great leela sure i love the african queen uh, never seen that. that oh so good heard it's um, good yeah totally worth it uh it is a uh, it's, it's like from the fifties. Um, yeah, yeah, it's an older one. Yeah, it's got a, got Humphrey Bogart in it. It's just, it's really great. I absolutely adore Strictly Ballroom. Oh shit! Yeah, that is a romance. I love that movie. Yeah, Strictly Ballroom. Boz Lubin knows how to do them. Mm-hmm. He's got Strictly Ballroom, Moulin Rouge, Romeo and Juliet. Like he's, uh, yeah. he can tell that love story. And I love Shape of Water and Amelie. But since we're just doing three, Deadpool. <laughs> Good yeah. entry. Good entry. I love Vanessa and Wade's story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really think that that's a, that they are a solid couple. And yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with that take. This is a good list. I'm going to watch the African Queen and Alligator back to back. The greatest love story ever told. <laughs> cool. Yeah. See, and you guys said you didn't like romance movies. Well, my list of romance movies that I hate is longer. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> yeah, know. no doubt. I I'm, I get that. <laughs> I mean, I will put on the gloves and fight over how much I hate one movie. Wait, what's... Is. Oh, yeah, what's the movie you hate? So, that movie is widely considered a classic love movie. And I hate it. And it's called Love Actually. Oh, I've never oh, yeah. seen it. It's, it's extremely problematic, actually. It, I, think. I, <laughs> I hate actually. everyone in it. Except mm-hmm. Emma Thompson, who gets totally shit on. Yeah, she gets shit on hard. So hard the toilet flushes. Yeah, that's I mean, it <laughs> is. Every person in the movie besides her is horrible. All the stories are terrible. I have no idea what's considered like this... It, like they make fun of people's weight. The there's like weird race issues in it. It's just there's a lot it's of little. It's little problematic vignettes that jump here and there. Yes, that make and, you, and I mean, romance happens. Like I guess so. Okay, so I watched it. We watched it, you know, for Christmas for so many years or whatever. Why is and it a Christmas movie. Uh, it's set at Christmas time and it's about love. Okay, uh, can can I finish? <laughs> maybe. Well, I just kind of thought it was innocuous for a long time. And I was like, oh, that's cute. It's whatever. And then the more, like, every year, I was like, oh, man. This gets more and more, like, sociopathic every time I watch it. 
like all the characters have like nobody should be getting away with what they're getting away with in this movie <laughs> right so. mm. no one it uh, just... we could do a takedown of that i'll be there that'll be a good, I'll, good okay yeah i'll do a whole episode about how much i hate this movie like it's it's the movie that i well i also hate jerry mcguire but i really hate this one so okay yeah. well a, a palate cleanser couple that i realized i really like um from Wreck-It Ralph, uh, Felix and Lieutenant Calhoun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they I'm have kind of the Roger and Jessica Rabbit energy. Yes. Oh, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. I think the best couple ever are Gomez and Morticia Adams. Oh, that's a good, that's a power oh, so couple good. right there. Yeah. They're the best couple because they're so into each other. They're, they they're don't so into each, each other. other. They're good parents. Yeah. They're like dark chocolate and wine. They're just mm-hmm. like... You know it's mm-hmm. going together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, that's that's a that's a really good point. Yeah, they're they're my favorite couple, because when that came out, it was sort of Charles Adams made that as this foil to this sort of sitcom, mm-hmm. homogenized thing that people like with the couple that hated each other. You know, like all those sitcom couples are like always picking at each other and always tired of each other. Yeah. And, and the then here's these people husbands. who are like not Somebody the norm, was... but they're totally happy with each other. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's really interesting considering they're like they are the inverse in almost every way of what sitcoms were at that time and what like, you know, they're dark as opposed to light, but happy as opposed to you know they're like snarky. They're never snarky. Yeah, no, they're they're, like they're always they're always yeah. yeah. And they normalized BDSM when the movies came out. So Good for them. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, here it is. I read it somewhere that Charles Adams actually did have, like, kind of a dark, smoldery wife. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> here, who the car, the resembles Morticia. Ah, uh, that's a, that's, see, that's sweet. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. See, we did it, guys. We talked about we romance. did it. This is a kissing book. This is a kissing book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was. We managed to do this episode without really shitting on the concept of romance one way or the other. So I think I think that's a win. Love stinks. That's very close. <laughs> that's the closest. Yeah, music. yeah. Good night, everybody. <laughs>